Welcome to the Mana Church Stafford Podcast, where we're all about equipping God's people to change their world. We are thankful you are here and pray this message encourages you to love God, love others, and love the world more fervently than before. Now, let's get to it. All right, well, good morning, Mana Church. Thank you for that warm welcome. Now, you know, as Jake said, usually my wife and I, we spend our day back in Mana Kids, hanging out with all the elementary kids. So all that excitement that I usually have with them, I'm bringing it up here. So, you know, I might be a little childish, if you would. All right, that's just my personality. Now, as Pastor Jake said, we're going through sidekicks. And it's, uh, if you haven't been here for sidekicks and you haven't really known what we're, we're talking about up here, we're looking at those people who are behind the scenes of the main characters. Main characters like Noah, Abraham, Ruth, King David, even Paul. These folks that are behind the scenes making it possible for these main characters to do what God called them to do. And they often don't get recognized for it. So we're analyzing what we can learn from them and how it applies to our lives. Now, before we get to our psychic of the day, like I said, I'm a child. I like to laugh, so I brought a joke with me. All right, so it's called A Kiss and a slap. It's a story of four people who shared a train car going from Paris to Madrid. A beautiful young woman traveling with her grandmother, a handsome young army lieutenant who was with his commanding officer. On the way, the train passed through a tunnel and the train became completely pitch black. Suddenly, in the darkness, there was a the sound of a kiss followed by a slap. When the train emerged from the tunnel, the four sat stone-faced as if nothing had happened. The beautiful young woman thought to herself, this was a wonderful kiss, but my grandmother must have slapped him in the face, and he probably thinks I did it and won't pay attention to me again. The grandmother thinks, that's a fresh thing for that man to kiss my granddaughter. I'm sure glad she stood up for, for herself. That'll teach him a lesson. The commanding officer thought, this is terrible. She must have thought I was the one who kissed her. Wait until I get back to base. I'm going to give my lieutenant a piece of my mind. Now, the handsome lieutenant thought, this was my day. I got to kiss a beautiful woman and slap my boss in the face and get away with both. <laughs> so as it plays into sidekicks, you know, if I were to ask everybody here what a sidekick is and what they look like and what they do, you know, I'd get characteristics that would resemble probably superhero, you know. Got some capes, maybe wear some cool eye masks, maybe have some superpowers, maybe even a costume. All right, but does that what, is that what sidekicks look like in real life? So when I look at what are psychics looking like in real life, I see some different things. Maybe it's a spouse who hunts down those creepy things in the night, those creepy noises, those irks. Or maybe they answer the lifelong question, what's for dinner? All right. Or maybe it's that coworker that you work with that relentlessly stays after work to make sure everybody else gets their work done before they go home. Or maybe you're a general with a lieutenant with a sense of humor. Regardless, there are psychics in our day-to-day -day world, and we're about to learn a little bit from our psychic today, who is Aaron. Now, before we can talk about Aaron, we gotta talk about Moses, all right? Because Moses lays the, lays the foundation for Aaron to come in. So the time period is, uh, we're in Egypt. The Israelites have been in prison for, or enslaved rather, for about 400 years so far. And they're growing in numbers, vast numbers, so much that it threatens Pharaoh's rule, or he thinks it does. And so with this, he says, hey, every male born needs to be thrown into the Nile River, but every girl may live. Well, like most mothers out here, if you got the decree that you need to throw your baby in the river, they're like, 
I don't know about all that. Talk some craziness. All right, so there was one mother that felt that way, and it was Moses' mother. And she took him, she put him in the river, and gently floated him down the river so he could be picked up by Pharaoh's daughter. Now, Moses would get raised in Pharaoh's household, and he would be within that, that royal family, if you would, for about 40 years, until about the age of 40. When he was about in that age of 40, an incident happened. He wanted to go see his people, the Israelites. There was no secret who he was. He wanted to go see his people. And there was a, a little interaction between an Egyptian guard and one of the Israelite workers. And he saw that they were being mishandled, misused, almost abused, if you would. So Moses, he stepped in. said, no, not my people. And so when he stepped in, he had an interdiction, and it led to a murder of this Egyptian guard. Now, if you murder an Egyptian guard in Egypt, generally the guy who's in charge of Egypt is going to have a problem with that. So Pharaoh said, hey, that's not going to be okay. So he sent out, and he, had, he wanted Moses, all right? And in the text, it says that he wanted Moses dead. Now, Moses wanted to keep his life, like most people. He said, I'm out of here. So he boots and boogied. And he went out to Midian, and he spent a nice long, about another 40 years out in that area. And so one day, he was up in the mountains, and he came across a bush, and it was a burning bush. And it started speaking to him. Now, for most people, a burning bush, I know if I came across it, I'd be a little skeptical, a little scared of that thing. If it was burning, and it was talking to me, I'd be a little scared. But this was the voice of God, and Moses recognized it. And so... There's a conversation between Moses and God that leads to the foundation for Aaron to come in. And this text won't be on the screen, but I want you to listen to this conversation as it's important to how our character makes it into Moses' story. And so here it is. We're in Exodus 10, 3, 10 through 12, starting out. So if you want to go to your, your app or your Bible and kind of look it up and follow along, you can. But just listen here. God said, so now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign that you, this will be a sign to you that I, it was I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. So God's saying, I will be with you. Don't worry about it. And when you have done this, you'll come back to this mountain, worship me. It'll be important to remember as we uh, finish up here. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Well, Moses answered, what if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you. Then the Lord said to the him, what is it in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it, rightfully so. Then Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you. I, I will help you speak and teach you what to say. But Moses said, 
pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. And right here, I feel like this is where a lot of us, where we feel that God's calling us to do something, whether it's lead a small group, whether it's go talk to a family member about Jesus, and we get stuck right here. Just not me. But this was the Lord's response. The Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levi? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. So this is important to look at because God knew this conversation was already happening. He already knew this was about to happen. He already has talked to Aaron because he knew this was going to be the interaction between him and Moses. And so this is what opens the platform for us to be able to see where Aaron enters Moses' life. So in Exodus 4.27, we see the Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he met Moses at the mountain of God and kissed him. Now, this is an important passage to kind of look at. We can, we can really dive deep into this. The Lord said to Aaron, the Lord talks to us in a lot of different ways. And in order for us to know how the Lord is talking to us, we have to be rooted in his word. And when you're rooted in his word, you can identify when the Lord is pressing something on your heart or when he's talking to you. Um, and it, it's a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. For Moses, God talked to him through a burning bush. If you go to 1 Samuel, God talks to Samuel audibly. He calls out his name. If you go into Daniel, God gives Daniel a vision of Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. All right, so God can talk a lot of different ways to a lot of different people depending on what he thinks is most receptive to you. So it's important to be rooted in his word to know how he can talk to you. And he says, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he met Moses at the mountain of God and kissed him. Now, this is a sign of Aaron's obedience. We're going to look at three different aspects of Aaron here. His obedience, his support to Moses, but Aaron is not perfect. This is the sign of his obedience. God said, go. So Aaron went. The sign of our obedience to God looks different for everybody, like I said earlier. It could be leading that small group. It could be talking to a family member or a friend about Jesus. It could be simply raising your hands in worship and worshiping God. That could be your step of obedience to following God. And so with that obedience, all right, Aaron went to Moses, and he's like, all right, I'm here. Let's do this. And so they go, they go on their uh, adventure. God's talking to Moses. Moses talking to Aaron. Aaron's supposed to be the mouthpiece for Moses, as God said. And they go to Pharaoh. Now, when their first interaction with Pharaoh, it says Moses and Aaron spoke to Pharaoh. It doesn't say Aaron specifically yet talked to Pharaoh, but Moses and Aaron. So he went to Pharaoh, and they said, God said, let my people go. Pharaoh was not about that. He's, the, the Israelites do all his work for him. He's not about just let his entire workforce just go. He said, no. And in fact, because you made this silly request to me, they're going to make, they're going to work harder. They're going to make bricks without straw. So thanks a lot, guys. All right, so now the Israelites are in, they're in a vast array of working harder now. Moses and Aaron have been shut down by Pharaoh for the first time, and this will continue on. And that leads into Aaron's support of Moses. So in Exodus 7, verse 1, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like a god to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. You are to say everything I command you, and your brother Aaron is to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go out of his country. So God is actually, 
He's employing Aaron at this point. He's saying, you will be the mouthpiece. Now, that's important because Moses didn't want to talk. He said, Lord, I am not eloquent of speech, not in the past, nor since you've been talking to me. So since he sent somebody to be the voice, that's supporting Aaron. He's supporting Aaron by being the voice. Now, this image right here of God saying that you will be the God to Aaron, or yeah, you'll be God to Aaron and Aaron the prophet to Pharaoh. So in those days, God would usually talk to a prophet, and a prophet would talk to the people. In this retrospect, we're looking at God employing Moses, saying, Moses, you will talk to Aaron. Aaron, you will talk to Pharaoh in that same dynamic. So Aaron is supporting Moses by being his voice piece. Next, we see in Exodus 7.10, so just a couple verses later, they're over there, they're talking with Pharaoh, and Here's the interaction. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord had commanded. Aaron threw his staff down before Pharaoh and his officials and became a serpent. So there's a, there's a request for a miracle. Aaron threw down his staff. Now think about this, though. Moses has seen this already happen. Moses has seen God do this, all right, when he threw his staff and it became a serpent. But Aaron wasn't there. Aaron wasn't there to see that. So... He has to have faith that, Moses, I trust that you are walking with God and God is in us and God is a part of this right here. So I'm trusting that when you say throw down the staff, it's going to do what you say it's going to do. Bam, it does. So Aaron is supportive. He's the voice for Moses. He's supportive because he's the faith. He has faith in Moses because he walks with God. And so... This transaction between Moses, Aaron, and Pharaoh is going to happen quite some time. You're going to see the plagues come across. You're going to see the Israelites eventually be freed. Um, but Pharaoh's going to chase them down. And that's where you get the parting of the Red Sea. And the Israelites get away from Pharaoh. But the Israelites grumble. They grow weary. They get hungry. They ask for food. So God provides quail and manna. They ask for water. So Moses strikes the rock of Herod and provides water. And then... An attack happens, an attack from the Amalekites. And this is something that is pretty significant because we can just kind of like read past this and like, huh, they attack the Amalekites. We see war happen all throughout the Old Testament. But when you think about the significance, the Israelites are not necessarily warriors. They're workers. They were workers in Egypt. And so when they're attacked by what you could only assume would be warriors, they're severely outnumbered, not only in strength, but in technique and tactics. So the only way that they can come out of this is with God's power, with God's grace. And the only way that they can have God's grace is if Moses is up there and he's praising God. And he has his arm stretched open wide and he's praising God. And when he's doing this, Joshua and the Israelites, they're winning. They're winning against the Amalekites, all right? But as soon as those arms start to come down, all right, they start to lose. Now, I've, I've been in the military for a, quite a while. When I was a, a junior soldier, we used to have these things called cherry pickers. You pick your cherries, you drop your cherries. Pick your cherries, drop your cherries. For five minutes, this isn't too bad. After 20 minutes, you start to wonder, how long are we going to be here? After 40 minutes, them cherries somehow, they grew about 18 inches. They're down here. Your knees are getting a little like this. After about an hour, them cherries are right here. All right, you got dinosaur arms going. 
So I can understand, I can, I can love it with Moses that his arms are probably getting tired up there. And this was the response from his support. It says, when Moses' arms grew tired, Aaron and Hur brought a stone for him to sit on. And while they stood beside him, held his arms, holding them steady until the sun, set, sun went down. In this way, Joshua totally defeated the Amalekites. So they stood there and said, hey, buddy, here's a stone, sit down. I got this arm, you got that arm? Here we go, all right? And they supported him. So he was the support, he was, he was um, the support in faith. He was the support as the voice. And he was physically there for Moses for physical support. With all this, though, Aaron was not perfect, just like all of us. He had his weaknesses. He had his flaws. And so after they won this battle to the Malachites, they continued their journey, and they went to that mountain that God said, you will come back here and worship me on. And they got back to that mountain, and Moses went up it. And he went up there to talk to God. And he was up there for a while. And if you're like me, sometimes you get impatient. You sit there like, hmm, I wonder if he's still there. And that's what the, the Israelites are thinking. They're like, Moses went up there. He's been gone a while. What's going on? And this was their reaction. It says in Exodus 32, when the people saw that Moses was gone, was, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come, make us gods. Who will go before us? As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed them and made it into an idol, cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. And they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. Now imagine that. God delivered you from Egypt. He parted the Red Sea. He provided food. He provided water. He even helped you win a war against the Amalekites. And yet you still turn back to your ways. Recently, um, I spent some time in Sears School. And when I was there, there was always, you're always put in a situation to where you can't win. You're always going to, there's always something bad that's going to happen. And it's just a matter of how bad that something's going to be. And so at one point, we're all being interrogated for one thing or another. And with that, if there's a response that our interrogators don't like, then things happen. Now, obviously, with that, you're like, when something bad happens, especially when somebody, it's somebody's fault that they said something that caused us pain or tribulation, you want to be like, oh, man, this guy. All right? But that's not the right answer, and that's where I learned. So we had the choice to isolate that person because they got us in trouble, or we could insulate that person we could bring them in because we were all prisoners together. So we'd all come together that, all right, I don't know what just happened or why it happened, but it wasn't good. So let's not do that again. And I look at this in the light of us as Christians, as people in the world, we're all prisoners of sin. There's no doubt about that. And a lot of times when we do something wrong, like what we see with Aaron, when he make a mistake, a lot of times, there's isolation. Push that person away. We don't want anything to do with that. But the right answer is, is to insulate, to bring that person in and figure out what happened there. Why did this happen? And how do we move forward from it? 
And I say this because God chose Aaron. God chose Moses. God chose Moses knowing that Moses was going to have all that, that back push to him. He knew that that was going to happen. That's why he sent Aaron. And if God knew that Moses was going to do that, God knew that Aaron would make a mistake. And if God knew that Aaron would make a mistake, he knew that I would probably make a mistake. He knows that you would make a mistake. And that's why Jesus came, because he knew that we would all make mistakes. And there had to be, there had to be salvation for us. And the only way that could come was through Jesus. And if God doesn't hold that against us, if he can look past our mistakes and still choose us, what, what can hold us back? And so when, uh, when going through this week, you know, before we close here, I want to kind of look at this in, in the retrospect of Aaron had a lot of, lot of qualities about him. He was obedient. He was supportive, but he wasn't perfect. And in our lives, there's a lot that we can kind of learn from that, is that Jesus looks to us to be faithful and obedient. And in those ways, Aaron did those things. And so when we look at our lives this week, we can have some self-reflection as far as psychics go. And we can look at and see, are there psychics in our lives? Is there somebody in our life that is our psychic, that is obedient to the Lord, that is supportive to us, and they may not be perfect, and that's okay. And in the same aspect, who can you be a psychic to? Can, are you being obedient? Are you being supportive? All right, and it doesn't matter that you're not perfect. That's, that's the beauty of all this is you don't have to be perfect. And so in closing, I'd like to invite Pastor Jake Johnson up here um, to kind of pray with us as we go forward. And... Uh, just really kind of dwell on that in these prayers is, you know, who's in my life? Who's in my life right now that is my psychic? And then who has God placed me in front of that I could be a psychic too? So with that, my friend, I thank you for letting me come up here. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate the word, man. Yeah, um, as Brett and I were praying, one of the things we do before service every week is, um, you know, we get here pretty early and we set up. But we always spend time with the Lord to make sure that, I mean, we don't ever want to do this without his presence because this really, it really is about him. And so um, a lot of times I'll go up, I'm kind of telling you guys my secret sauce right now, but um, I'll go up on the second floor of the other wing and I'll just walk laps and just pray and talk to God. And as Brett and I were doing that today, um, <clears throat> I just distinctly felt like the Lord was saying that there may be some people here who are like Moses and, and they know, they know the key to the victory. They know what they need to be doing in order to, to win the battle that they're in, but their arms are just really tired. Like they're just worn out. They're exhausted and they need somebody to come alongside them. Like Aaron did when he was a sidekick He came up, he knew that Aaron's arms were tired. And so he just, he reached over and he grabbed his arms and he held them up. And it's funny because Moses didn't get credit for the victory. Aaron didn't get credit for the victory. I actually said Joshua got credit for the victory. Like because of them doing what they did, they actually kind of held somebody else's arms up metaphorically. Like Joshua won because all these different people 
did together what needed to happen. And so as a body, that's really what we're supposed to do for each other. We're supposed to hold each other's arms up. We're supposed to bless each other. We're supposed to encourage one another. And so um, I never want to assume that everybody's had a great week when we get together. And so what I would love to do is just take a minute and pray over us here. And then afterwards, um, Brett and I are going to be down here. And if you just need some prayer, you just feel like your arms are really heavy. Like, man, I am wiped out. I have been beat up this week. There's a battle. It's still going on. It's happening right in front of me. And I'm, I'm wiped out. Like, we want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. We want to lay hands on you and just um, ask the Lord to be there. Because we believe that when we pray, it moves the heart of God. That God wants us. Just like I'm a dad. When my kids come to me and ask me for good things, I want to give it to them. In fact, my son and I talked about that verse this morning that we know how to give good things when our kids ask us for it. And God, he's way, way better than us. And so he knows how to give us good things when we ask him. So I'm just gonna take a minute and pray over us. Then we're gonna dismiss and um, we'll be down here to pray for you. So let's bow our heads together. Lord, God, I thank you for the example of Aaron. God, I thank you that he was, um, he was a man who, who he wasn't perfect, but in the moment where he needed to be used, he was willing that he trusted his brother and he trusted you, God, and that he was faithful to be able to hold up Moses' arm. So Lord, for the people who are here, who are going through issues, whether it be at work, whether it's in their family, in their marriage, um, whether they're going through financial troubles, God, um, they're just got maybe a lot of emotional stress, maybe anxiety, um, they're concerned about all the stuff. There's still, there's still things happening with COVID here in the, in the, the region. Um, political turmoil. I mean, goodness, there's so many things that could emotionally and spiritually exhaust us. Maybe there's some people who are just physically exhausted. They've been sick and they're just wiped out. And so, Lord, we just pray right now that you would bless them, God, that you would give them relief, Lord, that you would, um, you would let them know that you see them in their trial, that you're, you're not, you haven't ignored them, you haven't overlooked them, Lord, that you love them. And, and Father, I just pray that you would bless them right now, Lord. And in Jesus' name, we bless them. We bless them, God, with the authority that you give us. We just speak blessings and life and peace and health and wholeness over them, God. May you release those things over their life, over their circumstances, God, over their relationships. And God, we give you all the praise we give it all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Mana Church Stafford podcast. If you would like to connect with us, you can find us on the web at manastafford.church or download the Mana Church app. To listen to our new episodes as they become available, make sure to subscribe to our podcast. We would also love to meet you in person. If you are local, our services take place each Sunday at 10 a.m. We pray you have a blessed week and we will see you next time.